So the scripture is very simple today, and you're going to see why. We're going to come back to this and actually use this. Mark 1, 15, it's not even a full sentence. And saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. So for those of you who weren't here last week, I'll get you up to speed with what we're doing. We're going into a sermon series called The Wesleyan Way. And yes, we're Methodist. We're not Wesleyan, but... John Wesley is who we're founded on. And through this process of going to Kansas City to the Church of the Resurrection for a meeting called UMC Next and then going to our conference, annual conference up in North Dakota, it, in the last two years of this way forward, it's become real obvious that we've become really disconnected on who we are as Methodists. And, and what we are founded on and, and who we are and why we believe what we believe. So we went through the rebel Jesus during the Christmas season to talk about who Jesus was and how he was different, how he did things different. And then we went through the fundamentals of discipleship and now we're going to ground ourselves in John Wesley. And some of these messages over the next few weeks are going to be fairly harsh. I'm not going to mince words that John Wesley used. He was pretty blunt. In a lot of ways, uh, he didn't worry about offending anybody uh, when he said things. But last week, I, I labeled off six questions that we're going to answer. And we're going to do it through the teachings of John Wesley. Now, if you look in your bulletin, it has references for this sermon series. As I was going through those references, I realized I didn't put the Bible in there. It's a lot of books on John Wesley. It's right now media. Um, but we are going to unpack a lot of scripture in the next few weeks through this. Today, not as deep, uh, but following that, we're going to unpack some scripture in that. But the biggest question that we're going to start with is, what is the Bible's message? And that sounds like quite the question. But we're going to look at it through the eyes of John Wesley and why he came to this conclusion. I think it's very important of why that is. The Bible is this huge book of history. The story of creation, God's love, God's love, Jesus Christ, death, resurrection, the return to the Father. It's got all of these things in it. It's very important, yet it's very, very complicated. I guarantee you if you sit with any pastor and ask him, what's your biggest fear as a pastor? It'll be that I don't know the Bible well enough. No matter how hard you research, the amount of time you spend in it, it always feels like there's more. I need to do more. I need to do more. And that's the great thing about the Bible. But we believe as Methodists that the Bible is inspired word of God that communicates truths that are essential to human beings living well. That's what we believe. Through the Bible, we learn who God is. We learn who Jesus Christ is. We learn who the Holy Spirit is and why. How to work with people, how to deal with people, how to treat people. And how to really find joy in this life. And John Wesley is very keen on using the word joy, not happy. And it's a, I think it's a huge thing that you never, you never hear him say, oh, I want people to find happiness in this. No, it's I want them to find joy. Because joy is lifelong. When you find it, happiness is a fleeting moment. And John Wesley knew that. So he says joy a lot in what he does. Now as Methodists, our doctrine reads, we believe the Holy Bible 
Old and New Testament. We believe it reveals the Word of God so far as it is necessary for our salvation. It is to be received through the Holy Spirit as the true rule and guide for faith and practice. Holy Spirit. You'll hear Holy Spirit a lot today, and there's a reason, and we'll get into that. Now, the Bible itself, it's made up of 66 books. I think a lot of people know that. It, but it was written over a thousand-year period, a little over a thousand-year period. It was written in three different languages. There's a reason it's very complicated. There's a reason it's very deep. We all want to know, and we all want to spend time in the Bible, yet we all struggle with that translation of what does it mean to us. And the, the interesting part is, like, you'll never hear anybody get done with the book of Revelation and say, "Woohoo, I'm rejuvenated. Because there are certain Bibles, in the, you know, certain books in the Bible that you don't feel that way when you're done with it. But it's the teachings that we need to know. And now more than ever, I think now more than ever, when you look at the Bible, people are working very hard at picking a piece of Scripture that they're going to stand on, live by, and use as their justification in life. And it's a whole book. It's not a single piece of Scripture. It's this, it's this incredible book. And we'll get into that a little more as we talk. But if we go through the four things that John Wesley set up to really help interpret the Bible and what it means as Methodists, first is we believe the whole Bible is Scripture, and I think this is an important sentence. Almost all Christians in the world claim the whole Bible to be the inspired Word of God and authoritative for determining Christian faith and practice. Inspired is the key word. It's the part people miss. The Bible was written by people, not by God. And I know that sounds so basic, but I have so many people ask me that question. Well, how did, they, how did God do this? How did God write this and we got it? He didn't. People wrote it especially in the New Testament, through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, they wrote the New Testament. Now, it doesn't mean that people haven't argued about what should be in the Bible. If you look at the Catholic Bible, there's seven more books in the Bible than our Bible. It's different than our Bible. It's argued to this day what should be in the Bible. And right now, there's tons of people saying, well, this shouldn't be in there anymore. This needs to go away. We don't need to talk about this part anymore. This doesn't fit. Let's take that out. And I love John Wesley's approach to this. God has not changed his own mind on what is Scripture. What is in the Bible is in the Bible, and that's Scripture, and we need to follow that. Stop trying to make it fit your needs. That's his exact quote. Stop trying to make Scripture fit your needs. So, when we were in Bismarck and this whole debate was going on, I heard one person say, you know, God told us in Genesis, no man is meant to walk alone. And it was a, a foundation of the argument of LGBTQIA+. Little did they say, you know, they didn't mention that after that, it says that God created woman for man. Just took the piece that no man's supposed to walk alone. Now more than ever, we're doing that, and we have to remember God has not changed his own mind, and that the Holy Spirit works the same today as it did for Peter and Paul and everyone else. And second, we interpret the Old Testament in light of the New Testament. 
And this is such a topic that we've spent a lot of time talking about. What does it mean to live in the new covenant? Does it mean we don't have to follow the laws? What does that mean? And the way John Wesley looks at this, especially in Hebrew, if you dig into Hebrew, chapters 11 and 12, it's very cool. They don't know who the author really is of Hebrew. They think they do, but they're not sure. But in chapters 11 and 12, you see this author digging into stories and prophecies from the Old Testament, and then the light bulb clicks it, oh, this is all coming true through Jesus Christ. So the Old Testament is fulfilled in the New Testament in light of. And all of a sudden, people realize that, you know, even the apostles struggled right away to follow Jesus Christ and to figure out who he was. But when they started looking at Scripture of the Old Testament and realizing that, wow, this is all talked about and he's fulfilling all of these promises that were brought forward, people started to believe. And then the big crisis happened. That Jesus made it a practice to reach out to the Gentiles, the untouchables. He had the gall, the audacity to tell his followers, go make disciples of everybody. And that was different. That's not the way it was. And there was this whole Jerusalem council that spent time going, well, if they're Jews and they become Christians, how does that work with the laws and everything else? And it just points out how we get it wrong as people. As we're trying to figure out what God wants, we try to complicate it. All Jesus wanted was people to have a relationship with God through him. He didn't care about the background. He wanted you to understand there's love, there's grace, there's compassion, there's forgiveness through the Son to get to the Father. And third, we believe that the Holy Spirit has led the church to understand the Bible. And this holds true today. Most of us, we go to church to figure out what we should learn in the teaching. That's why we go to church. And you pray that the Holy Spirit works in the proper way in what you're teaching and everything else. But, but here's the thing. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we actually are transformed. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we actually create the space for God to work in our lives for transformation. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we learn how to work with others. The Holy Spirit is this incredible, incredible thing that we need to work with. And fourth, and this is probably my favorite part of John Wesley, is John Wesley believed that the reason or reason and experience help us understand the Bible more. Meaning keep reading, keep living, and that this book becomes a living, breathing document because you can read scripture 30 times and then the 31st time it means all of a sudden that one sticks to you and you don't know why it's because that's what's happening in your life and that's the answer you need right now and that's a piece of scripture that will fulfill and bring that joy that John Wesley's talking about. So how does John Wesley and this question of what is the message of the Bible how does this work and that's when we go back to Mark 1 15 saying the time is fulfilled kingdom of God has come near repent believe, and believe in the good news Wesley's overall concern about interpretation of the Bible was how a person can be saved from sin and their salvation 
His approach is based on the importance of the teaching of the kingdom of God through Jesus' preaching and how that changed everything. This is shown, John Wesley uses Romans 4.17 here, for the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In other words, the kingdom of God is not found in the earthly things, it's found in the things of Christ and of the Holy Spirit. That's where it's found. And John Wesley had a way of really putting together things. When all of this happened, when this, this way forward and everything, and I started doing all of this research and digging into the Bible more than I ever had, and through a lot of John Wesley's readings, I realized the word belong and the word included are mixed up all the time. Belonging, if people ask you what church do you belong to, you'll say, I belong to Sunnycraft. But the reality is belonging is a marginal thing. You're on the edge. You're not in. You're not fully in. If you're included, it means your heart is invested. And John Wesley's teaching is that Christianity, Christianity is a religion of the heart. It's opening your heart to the Holy Spirit allowing God to transform your heart. It means you're totally inclusive in the situation. You're all in. It's not belonging. It's included. He didn't want people who belonged. He wanted people who were included. It's why it started with the little band meetings and people could build these relationships where their hearts were totally invested in each other. And we've lost that along the way. He spent a ton of time talking about that. That it's heart. It's heart. And it's righteousness through that. And that righteousness means loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And a righteousness that is Christ-centered means that you truly love God and you truly love your neighbor with all that you have. Now, you see love God, love neighbor all over the place. We actually added four more this week. I actually had someone walk up to me this morning and say, can you take the signs down in the bathroom? I don't want you preaching at me while I'm peeing. And I'm like, no, I want to take every chance to let you hear the word. Every chance. And love God, love neighbor is all over this building. And that's because that, in John Wesley's mind and interpretation, the main message of the Bible is to follow the two greatest commandments, to love God, love neighbor. If you do those two, you're following all of the fulfillment of the New Testament and all of the requirements of the Old. If you love God, love neighbor. Now, I know neighbors can make it very challenging to love them. Remember when I first moved here, and like the fourth day, there's a whole bunch of cops, like two houses down. So I'm like, I'm the nosy neighbor. I walked down, and a guy had put in a new driveway, and he was three inches over the property line. And the neighbor had the police there to explain that he needs to remove this three inches of his driveway because it is on my property. And I'm like, wow, love neighbor can be really hard sometimes when people act that way. But the bottom line is we experience the love of God in this righteous way. And 
by responding to it and accepting it and acting on it. John Wesley would be the first to tell you a lot of people understand the message of the Bible, to love God and love neighbor, and so many people aren't good at it. They don't truly love God. They don't truly love neighbor. They are just enough. I'm going to do just enough to get by. And that's where we're going to go next week when we talk. And like I said, I'm not going to butter the words that John Wesley used. There's a pastor in here, and he's smiling because he's read John Wesley and knows that uh, he's kind of blunt in a lot of things he says, but I think it's important. So the challenge this week is to follow those two greatest commandments. Figure out a way to love God more. What does it mean in your life to love God more? and to truly love your neighbor. Now, when I lived in Madison, I was in Madison yesterday, and it was really odd because I was moving my father-in-law into Pastor Barry's house. And I was moving my father-in-law into the old house Ryan and Chris Munsonberger lived in when I went, that's where I went to Bible study all the time. And now I'm moving my father-in-law in there, but what I, the reminder was as I drove down Third Street where we lived, I went by one neighbor and there were like 20 people on the deck eating and talking and two blocks later there was another group and I remembered that when I first moved there I remember grilling the first time in our backyard and the one neighbor walked over and said hey throw these on and he had brats and another one had steak and the next thing I knew there's 12 neighbors sitting on my back patio eating and I had no clue who they were but that was Madison they got love neighbor in a huge way they understood it they lived it they breathed it and it would drive me crazy, this is a true story, because I would get calls when we were gone. There's this big guy that just walked into your house. He's got really long black hair. I'm like, yeah, that's Mana. He's doing laundry. Is he okay to be there? He's huge. I'm like, yeah, he's a Samoan. He's from Hawaii. He has permission to be in our house to do the laundry. But that's, you know, everybody was worried about their neighbor. So as soon as somebody showed up that they didn't know, I got a phone call. This giant guy walking in your garage. Yeah, he's doing laundry. He has permission to be there. Don't worry about it. So this week, I really want you to think about, as we move on with John Wesley, the greatest message of the Bible, according to John Wesley, is to follow the two greatest commandments of love God, love neighbor. And I want this week... To think that. Yeah, I remember last week we had three simple rules. Do good. Do no harm. Stay in love with God. This week it's love God, love neighbor. Let's start fulfilling those. Amen?